everyone. Welcome to The Funnel, an experience-driven commerce podcast. I'm Shannon Abel, Senior Media Marketing Specialist at Blue Acorn ICI and host. Each episode, I interview customer experience experts to discuss the latest trends and topics that matter most to brand and retail professionals. Today, we have with us Erica Rooney, Senior Vice President of Employee Experience at Blue Acorn ICI. And today we're going to be talking about employee experience during and after the pandemic. But before we hop in, Erica, do you mind just giving us a brief overview of your background? Sure, absolutely. And thank you for that introduction. So my name is Erica Rooney. And as Shannon said, I am the Senior Vice President of Employee Experience here at Blue Acorn ICI. I have been with Blue Acorn for almost a year and a half now. I joined right when the pandemic hit. So that should add to the fun conversation that we're going to have today, but I've got about 15 years of experience in HR, stemming from working for large companies like Verizon and transitioning out of kind of telecommunications and into healthcare. And now I'm back here with e-commerce and Blue Acorn ICI. Awesome. We're glad to have you. Like I said, we're talking about employee experience. So I think just even for me personally, like the definition of employee experience obviously really changed when the pandemic hit. You know, before in my mind, employee experience was, you know, potlucks and happy hours and lunch and learns and things like that. And obviously that's not the case um, during a pandemic. So I think you we've talked about this in the past, but just one of the hardest things when we did enter the, the pandemic and working from home was keeping employees engaged. So how have you seen companies keeping employees engaged? During the pandemic, and what do you expect companies to do after the pandemic? How will that look? Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I always love to kind of talk about is briefly just like the evolution of HR, right? Because the employee experience is a really fancy word for HR, but it, you know, it used to be that we had personnel departments, then we had human resources, and now with just the way the world is and the different generations that we see in the workforce, and really this understanding that everybody has different needs and different wants and different desires as it relates to their experience as an employee for any given company. And that's kind of how employee experience evolved. And it's not just how are they doing at work or are they engaged at work, but it's everything from the moment that they click apply on that website. How is their candidate experience? How is their onboarding experience? And then kind of how is that you know, feedback experience and the relationship that they have with their manager all the way until they exit the company. So it's really about every single touch point within the employee's career. And the pandemic has completely shifted that, right? And and I think to speak to your point, it used to rely a lot on those connections within the workplace, like you were talking about potlucks and celebrating birthdays and anniversaries. And all of that is still important. People still really crave that and they want that. But the employee experience has completely changed because everybody's lives have have completely changed, right? So when the pandemic first hit, we had working parents whose schools were shut down, right? So their needs and what they needed to be engaged per se really shifted because they had kids doing homeschool. Then you also had single people living by themselves locked up in a tiny New York City apartment, which is enough to make anybody go bananas. Um, So it's really, the pandemic has really shifted it. And I heard a really great quote the other day, and it said, you know, we need to really 
right now during COVID and the pandemic, move away from those terms like engagement, right? And giving people potlucks and cupcakes and things like that. Because, and they equated it to this, they said, if you're standing with someone outside and their home is on fire and you ask them what kind of furniture they want in their house, that's engagement right now. (laughs) (laughs) And they really talked about getting back to the basics with people and having those connections with your managers, with your leaders, with your teams, and making sure that we are being flexible with our people, but also creating that environment where they can be the best working parents or individual contributor that they can be given their circumstance. So it's definitely not easy with COVID. And I think it's something that we constantly have to pivot. I mean, I know in the beginning, we really focused on a lot of the engagement events. And now we're trying to focus on making sure that people are really having that work-life balance because it's so easy to work nonstop when you're working from home. Absolutely. Yeah. That was, especially in the beginning, that was one of my problems was never knowing when to stop working. Like with my commute, I wouldn't be home until around six normally. So just very strange to be able to stop working, you know, before then and, you know, go walk my dogs or exercise, whatever it is. So definitely a totally different mindset. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, going to continue that way for at least a little bit longer, unfortunately, but it does. It, you know, I know for me, originally my desk was in the dining room table. So I just always saw the computer and it was really hard to have those work-life boundaries. So really getting back to the basics and talking to our people about protecting those boundaries and making sure that they're stepping away from their computers, spending that time with their families and their loved ones, just to protect their mental health and, you know, their work-life balance. And what are some of the tools you're seeing company companies use to keep that communication line open? You have to know and understand your team as individuals and collectively as a group. So I say that because I have some team members on my team who love to have their scheduled one-on-ones. They feel very secure with that. They come to me, they have a list. They want to do a quick video call. Um, And we have that scheduled every week. I have other team members that we do not have established one-on-ones, but they just call me on the fly five times a day, you know, whenever they need me. Especially if you have people who have multiple people in their house working from home and kids and dogs and all of that. So it's really important to just get to know everybody as an individual and how do they like to have those types of conversations. Um, not, Not everybody's comfortable with Zooming all day long. That's very fatiguing for a lot of people, you know, so sometimes a quick text is the best answer. But just getting to know people on that individual level and then collectively as a team, how you can best function in that way. Absolutely. Because it's not like when you're in your office, you can just turn to your coworker next to you. Um, right. It's totally different. You have to figure out, you know, do they prefer, like you said, text or like we use Slack or whatever it is. It's so and different. Zoom, Zoom fatigue is a real thing. People are constantly on yeah. video calls all day that sometimes by the end of the day, you just don't want to have any more video calls. Yeah, because I, I remember the first month we were in, um, we started quarantine. I was very hesitant to send a Slack or a, you know call someone for even like just little questions because before it was a little two second turn my head and ask whoever, and it just for me it was just very. I was always very hesitant to is this Slack worth it or am I bothering them? So I think just, like you said, having those open communications and conversations about what everyone prefers just really helps moving forward. 
Yeah, and that's just from the communication standpoint. You know, as we continue to progress through this pandemic and eventually return back to the workplace, not everybody's going to return back. There are a lot of people that have been working remote for over a year and they probably love it. There's a good handful of people that love it. There's a good handful of people that can't wait to get back in the office. Um, and then you've got your group that wants to have the best of both worlds and they want to come and go as they please. And so as we shift back into the office, managers and leaders need to really start thinking about now, how do we communicate with our team now that some are in the office and some are at home, right? How do I have meetings that are inclusive of this entire group, you know, and not make decisions with only those people that are in the office or when you're having remote meetings. So you need to make sure that you're constantly adapting and kind of shifting and changing as we move through this pandemic. How are you seeing companies make those kinds of decisions as far as whether they're going to go hybrid or they're going to have everyone fully go back to the office? How are they making those, that decision? Yeah. So it's actually been really interesting because I've seen a huge mix. Like I have seen certain companies that just have said, you know what, like our culture is really having people in the office and collaborative meetings. And that's why we built this. And that's, that's the method that we're going to continue on with. So some people are making that decision to have everybody to return to work just like it was pre pandemic. And then you've got other people who've completely shut down their offices um, and shut down their headquarters because they realized, Hey, we can do this without actually going into the office. And then you're going to have, I think what you're going to see is most companies are going to adopt a hybrid way more flexible work policy, right? If you want to come in, you can, you know, if you don't, you don't have to. But I think when you, when you do have that hybrid type model, if you have people who want to come into the office, it's good to have like one scheduled meeting day so that that's the day everybody knows we usually go in on Tuesdays or whatever day you pick. So that if they are going to have that hybrid model, they can get everybody together in a collaborative nature, but have flexibility for the remainder of the week. So I, I feel like I've seen a lot of that happening, but it's definitely a challenge to go back to people and tell them they can't work remote when they've been doing it for a year and a half and they've been doing so successfully. Exactly. So when you're interviewing people for, you know, potential employees and filling positions, do you find that the questions they're asking about the work environment, the culture is very different than pre-pandemic? Yeah, that's a great question. I think people are really focused on work-life balance more so now than they were at the start of the pandemic. And I think people have adapted and realized that it can be challenging and they want to make sure that they have managers and leaders in place who are going to, you know, allow them to have that work-life balance so that they can be the best family member, friends, but also colleague at the same time. We get a lot of questions about people because we are hiring more remotely than we ever did before at Blue Acorn. So we are having a lot of people that do ask, how do we maintain these connections with people across the U.S. who maybe don't have an office to go into? And for that, our answer has been, you know, we created the Culture Club here at Blue Acorn ICI, which is where team members come together and we talk about different diversity and inclusion initiatives. Um, and we also try to get creative and think of different challenges and ways that people can meet outside of their department. Because that's one thing that's been a challenge is when you're not in an office, you don't necessarily interact with people outside of your team. You know, so getting those people connected 
and finding commonalities amongst each other where they can connect and collaborate and feel like they're having those strong work connections while still being remote. Yeah, that's a great point because like you said, you're not walking by someone's desk and seeing them every day from another department or running them into them into the kitchen. So that's a really great point of having kind of the cross-function communications. Yeah, I tell people all the time, it's going to be really interesting when we do go back because I t- and I've equated it to like going to a new like high school for the first time because there's going to be so many new faces. It's just going to be like going to a, a brand new school all over again. It's just, it's going to be weird <laughs> for sure. I, I said, we're going to have to have like a, a happy hour or a mixer or something so that everybody can like meet and greet before we go back in. But it's definitely going to be interesting. Absolutely. And from more of a like technology and investment standpoint, do you see companies investing more in technology for employee enablement? Yes, I do think that people are trying now that we've kind of settled into this new normal and companies have for the most part made a decision about how the future of their workplace is going to look. I'm seeing trends of people moving towards that type of technology where they can be more collaborative and communicative with their people kind of in a fun way, right? Whether that's with a wellness platform or an employee recognition platform, they're trying to get people to interact that's not necessarily work focused, but more engagement focused so that they can maintain that sense of positive culture and communication and collaboration. You'll hear me say those words a lot because that's what it comes down to, especially in this pandemic world. But yeah, I think everybody started out with Slack and Zoom, and now we're seeing people get a little bit more creative with what's out there. I think it's just true that the happier your employees are, the better they can facilitate better experiences for your customers. I think it just really pays off in the end. Absolutely. And we have to, just like we look at all of our customers as individual clients with different needs, that's how we need to look at our people. Because everybody has different things going on in their home, with their personal lives. Maybe somebody's going back to school. I mean, there's a lot that's going on. And the pandemic and COVID has really shown that companies can be more flexible with their people. It's not necessarily this nine to five, butts in the seat. If you're not here, you're not working mentality. It's saying, go do this during your lunch break. Or maybe shift your hours instead of nine to five, do eight to four. So you can go to your kid's swim practice. You know, it's about really making people feel like they can bring their whole selves to work. And that means being a parent or maybe being a student or a single, you know, mom, how can we make the employee experience the best for them? So to your point, they in turn can provide magical experiences for our customers. Exactly. I think that's a great point you made is that like I always knew before a pandemic, for the most part, Blake and I, I say I had a fairly flexible work um, environment as far as if you had to go to your kid's swim practice or whatever it might be, like you can go do that. But I think it was definitely a lot more communicated post-pandemic because we all were working from home. And I think like we said earlier, like it was just weird not knowing, like you just keep working because you're home and your laptop's right there. And I think Blue Cornet has done a really great job of communicating that and making employees feel like they can, like you said, go pick up their kids or whatever it is. Yeah, well, and the one thing is, is we're all individuals with our own lives going on. And one of the things that I love about Blue Acorn ICI is we are a very inclusive group of people, but I don't think necessarily everybody really understands 
what it means to have an inclusive culture, right? They think of diversity and inclusion as just very basic race, women, gender, that's all it is. But it's also about the different lifestyles that people lead, right? So you are, and I used myself as a prime example, you know, I'm a mom and I'm the senior vice president of employee experience. Like I want to excel at both and I want to do great at both. And sometimes that might mean staying at home with a sick kid one day. And other days it may mean working a little bit later because I have a deadline, but it's about allowing people to do both of those things that really kind of creates the best employee experience. Absolutely. So one of the things that we had talked about, you know, prior to meeting was just what are all of the different companies doing to decide what returning to work will look like? And, you know, I touched a little bit on, like, I definitely think for the most part, companies know what they want to do, but I also think at the same time too, now with the Delta variant coming out and things consistently changing, that people are having to rethink their timelines and their strategies for doing that. Here at Blue Acorn, one of the things that we're mainly focused on when we're looking at these are the different vaccination rates across the U.S. We are looking at what's going on with the school systems, because I'm not going to ask everybody to come back to the office if schools aren't open. You know, what are people going to do? Right, exactly. I always, when I talk to different people in the HR world and we're talking about returning to work and how are we going to make the decision that it's finally safe to do so, or at least start doing that. One of the biggest things I talk about is those, the number of those affected in the areas that we have our large offices. So Raleigh and Charleston, and then also what are the school systems doing? Are they open? Are they closed? Are we mandating masks? And once we kind of keep our eye on all those things and get that direction, then we'll be able to kind of plan our timeline out a little bit. But I always stress that we've got to be flexible with these things. I mean, I could think that we can all say we never thought we'd be out as long as we are already. You know, <laughs> for sure. went out, I felt like we kept having these bi-weekly updates about when we were going to return. And then it was just kind of like, well, I don't think we're going to anytime soon. Right. No, so I remember when we first went to quarantine, me and my, some of my friends were taking bets on when we back in the office. And I think I said, like June 1st after that April quarantine or March, whatever it was. And obviously we're way past that. So way past that. And it's just, what's been interesting about it now is that it's been going on for so long that it has also really affected the market because everybody's hiring remote now, whereas people weren't hiring remote remotely originally. So now the candidates out there can really apply to work anywhere. Do you find it more difficult or easier to find people now? Because I imagine you probably get even more applicants. Yeah. So there's definitely pros and cons to both of it, right? So like the pro is that opens up the candidate pool to anyone we want to hire, right? Like we can hire all over the place. We're not limiting ourselves to a few places. But at the same time, that does mean that our, our people that are in Raleigh and Charleston, they can also apply anywhere they want. So I definitely think, and there's, you'll see some topics of conversation right now that are big in the HR world. It's called the great resignation. And it really talks about all of the different factors of COVID and how it's driving people to examine their lives and what really is impactful to them and the most meaningful coupled with what their company is doing. And people are applying all over the place right now because the opportunity is there. That may change again in the future as as people and some companies do have a preference to hire where they have office locations, but not right now. So strange the world we live in. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, I don't think 
anybody would have ever thought we would have been here and I'm sure there will be several more like case studies and books that come out as a result of having to completely pivot the way we work but it it does it's made people re-examine their lives it's made them and I'll even say for myself like I never thought I would be somebody that loves working remotely but I have found that it gives me a better work-life balance now that I've established my work boundaries and things like that. And I love being at home because I can pick my kid up from school every day. You know, Absolutely. I wouldn't be able to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, I was the same way the first month I would say to my manager, I was like, oh, I can't wait till we're back. I never like want to work from remotely full time. Like I just can't do it. Especially, but once I especially like established my own like office space in my home and that helped a lot. I was like, yeah, I was working for my dining room. I have two dogs. Like they were constantly just bothering me. And so um, now I can't imagine going back full time. I just, I was able to pick up some hobbies that I had grown up that like I didn't have time before. So it's just been really great from a work-life balance standpoint. Yeah. And again, it's not for everybody, you know, and that's what the future of the work needs to look like is again, focusing on that individuality and what those, your people need, because everybody has different things going on, different lives, different preferences. Um, So I think it's important that we get back to that place where people can come back into the office, but at the same time, you can't, you can't make people do it if they don't want to. Right. (laughs) And And I think that's the way the world of work really needs to shift and change is to realize that we have to treat everybody as, as the individuals that they are and give them the flexibility and empower them to make those decisions so that they can be the best in their personal lives and in their professional lives. Absolutely. I imagine that these companies that are going to require people to come back into the office are probably going to see a lot of people go elsewhere for a job that offers more flexibility if that's what they prefer. Absolutely. I think that if for those companies and there are those that are out there that they're taking that risk and they are saying, you know what, we're going to have everybody come back and it is going to be mandatory and you will see people who very much value their work from home time and, and they're going to shift and find something. And with the way the economy and the market is right now, they will find something very quickly. Absolutely. Um, so say this month or next month, what can a company do to either assess their current employee experience or take any steps to improve it going forward? Yes. So I am a big, big fan of feedback loops and I call them loops because it should never stop. So I think, especially with everything that's going on, everybody's been working remotely for over a year just reaching out to the population, whether you're doing that by a survey or small group meetings and just asking people, is the communication that you're getting from us enough? Is it too much? Do you need it a different way? I don't know if you saw this, but, and you do know this, but we do company meetings on a bi-weekly basis. And, you know, periodically we send out surveys to say, how is this format for you? Is the day good? Is the time good? Is the information what you need to hear? Are we not giving you enough? And and just making sure that we're really looking into the feedback that they're giving and making the changes that they're suggesting. When we sent out our first survey, somebody said, I love the meetings. They're great, but I'd really love a slide. I'm a visual person. So we said, okay, super easy. You know, so we worked with a marketing team, got the slide deck going, and now we've made that change. You know, and we want to keep asking and and keep prioritizing how they feel about the levels of communication because that changes over time. 
Yeah, absolutely. With the feedback loops, I think too, another thing that companies really need to start thinking about if they haven't already is returning to work surveys. That way they can get a pulse check on their teams as to who does not ever want to return, who absolutely wants to be in the office 100% of the time and who wants a flexible work schedule, right? And what does that mean for each company? You know, that might mean something from an office space stand, standpoint. You know, if you have the majority of your team wants to be remote for the foreseeable future, you may cut down on some of your office space or you may create a more open environment where people just come in and plug up their laptops, but maybe they don't have set cubes. Maybe there's a sign-up space. So I think office people need to start thinking about how do they want that to look, who's coming back, who's interested, and kind of taking stock from those numbers and then figuring out what they need to do from a capital standpoint. Awesome. Absolutely. Um, Anything else you'd like to mention before we wrap up? No, I think just everybody needs to remember that these are still crazy times and to always be compassionate with your people. And I always love to say to everyone, especially in an era where communication is over Slack and over Zoom and over emails to always remember to believe the best in your teammates and your candidates, because we're all here for the same goal, right? And we're all working for the same mission and just to always believe the best, continue to be as communicative as possible with your people. And just also to remember that everybody is a different individual with different things going on. So to have compassion for everybody. Great. Well, thank you so much, Erica. I appreciate you joining us. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. And for those of you listening, you can find any of our episodes anywhere listen to podcasts. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. But until next time.